to Estradile Illusions. I'm your host, Ian Thomas Malone, and we are back on the island of Sodor, because it is... Because we are in a... <laughs> because we are in a pandemic, and everybody's at home on the internet, so remote interviews are very difficult to do right now, even though... There are some movies that uh, people are trying to get their uh, the director and the actors and stuff on, and I'm having to say, no, we have to do Thomas the Tank Engine, so... And you know what? I'm really happy to be here on the island of Sodor, and I'm here with uh, my partner, Terabell. Terabell, uh, do you want to tell us what you've been doing? Hmm. <laughs> um, are there any updates at all for this week? Not really. Um... I will update you on the coffee I'm drinking right now. I did not stir in the sugar, and I, I highly recommend that you stir your sugar beforehand. Wow, now that is some uh, really, really exciting information. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope I hope this is really riveting and inspirational for everyone listening. Well, speaking of riveting, let's, uh, we're doing today, Thomas Gets Bumped. And before we begin on Thomas Gets Bumped, I I have odd feelings about this one. And this one, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, we talk about continuity all the time. And some of the fact, some of our decisions with regard to continuity are reflective of the way that we chose to do this. We could have clumped them in sort of seven episode chunks and done them by the order in which they were created. Uh, in some ways, it would have made some sense, but it would have been kind of less fun for things like Thomas Comes to Breakfast or... I mean, honestly, Thomas does also have some continuity issues uh, even beyond that, like the uh, Thomas and the Special Letter. No, Thomas Meets the Queen is the bigger continuity issue. I mean, Thomas Thomas and the Special Letter it does also actually have some continuity issues uh, when you consider this really... I think the book was written way earlier than they did the show on... on uh, than they did the story in the show, but I think that we understand that everybody listening is enough of a Thomas fan to understand that uh, when we talk about something like Edward, Trevor, and the really useful party, uh, I don't think anybody listening, you know, there's a big spoiler because Save Some Scrap we haven't covered yet, which is an earlier episode, but I don't think we'll be covering that for two more tapes. So the continuity is just all out of whack, but... When it comes to Thomas gets bumped, I, I, even as a child, I, I remember this being, without it being bad, it was my least favorite tape. I, and I, I think that really has to do with the fact that it doesn't have that one like really, really great episode in it. Like, a lot of them are, are defined by their uh, opening episodes, like Thomas Percy and the Dragon, or Percy's Ghostly trick or tenders and turntables or i mean better late than ever is uh thomas breaks the rules is a great episode there's not the this is a series of seven b-tier episodes i'll yeah, say that yeah. and that's not really a bad thing it's oh and also when i say it's my least favorite tape i'm talking about the ringo star and the george carlin era i'm not it's obviously better than Alec Baldwin, or however far we go into the future of Thomas. But right now, we even have an episode of Thomas Gets Bumped that was in the second series. Percy and the Signal is really an out-of-place episode. But, and I guess actually when we're talking about keeping... As a child, I would also... 
It's funny, I was reading, this is the first tape that has the Strand home video. If you're, these episodes can be found on various streaming, you can find them on YouTube, Stars. uh, but if you're watching a VHS rip, you'll notice that they have the Strand logo, and I've noticed, uh, I've mentioned in a lot of the older, uh, a lot of our other episodes, how if you go from the Ringo Starr, the really early era, when they say Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, it's in these big, puffy pink letters. Now we have a really modern, skinnier, dark, just bright red. So it's not pink anymore. It's less gay. And that's kind of, that's that's a little unfortunate, I would say. But um, without further ado, uh, let's go to the title, uh, title track. Let's do Thomas Gets Bumped. And I don't think Tara had seen this one before we we did the thing. I, over the course of our relationship, have showed many mm-hmm. of uh, these episodes. It's a testament to a great partner. Well, you know, honestly, I'm not sure I would date. I, you shouldn't, if you're listening, date anyone who won't watch Thomas Pink. It's mm-hmm. with you. But uh, <laughs> I don't really put this one on. But when you heard Thomas gets bumped, what did you? Th- how did you think? Because actually. Somebody in Diesel Does It Again does actually get kind of bumped. Mm-hmm. This isn't much of a... I mean, it is kind of a bump, but what did you expect from the bump? I thought that Tom, Thomas would be physically bumped. I thought he would get some scratches and bruises and go flying down the rails. No, it was about basically being bumped on his schedule. Well, he does get bumped a little bit off the rails, but it's it, you're right. That's it, what they're referring to as a bump. <laughs> yeah, the bump, is, the bump is the track. Okay. Okay. I mean that that kind of says it all. The fact yeah. that Tara was really I didn't know what they were talking about. I have a question mark in my notes because I didn't I you know that usually the first episode is the same episode name as the tape. And so I knew the name of the tape was Thomas Gets Bumped, but I didn't catch because I was writing on my notes, I didn't catch the episode title for this first episode. So I have a question mark where it says Thomas Gets Bumped because there was no bumping involved as far as I saw. I mean, there's a little bit of the bumping on the rail. The The sun had warped yeah, the track. That is, that is an interpretation. It's probably the right one for this episode, but they should not have called it that. So, kind of building off of that, I would ask you another question. Okay. What do you, what do you, so, I don't, it may be kind of a leading question to say, taking the bumping aside, what is the plot of this episode? But, I mean, you can even honestly factor in the bumping. What, what, what are we supposed to, as the audience, take from this episode? Maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but... Let's, okay, let's let's table that question for just a second. This episode is really about Thomas and his branch line. And we didn't, for the past two tapes, we didn't get a ton of Thomas on his branch line. We're kind of in the era where, where Thomas, where it's Thomas, but a, a lot of what we're seeing is really more of the end friends. We're learning a lot more mm-hmm. about other people. And Thomas does appear. He appears quite heavily in this this uh, collection. Oh, there's a few episodes where he doesn't appear at all, or very minor. And we forget that he has his branch line. He's very proud. Somebody else gets a branch line in this collection. But Thomas, Thomas is enjoying himself. He's got the good station. The the wiki is saying the dry good station. That's that's really uh, that's great. We see. Um, we see some of the old fun, like the uh, I like I like a lot of the Thomas uh, Thomas Branchline sets. 
it's fun, but I mean, it's almost like it's almost like the the plot, as especially as it relates to Birdie's involvement, is kind of a composite between Trust Thomas and then Better Late Than Never. You've got a situation where Birdie's around, and he's he's there mostly to be a foil to Thomas in a way that's also they're not really meant to 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 really foil all that much. They're just kind of there to be a little bit contrasted, to have a little light. Oh, rails are better than road. Here are the advantage, pros and cons of each kind of thing. I suppose we'd probably see that uh, a little bit more in other uh, collections, but I mean, you could almost just really. I mean, if you took Birdie out of this and just had like, it, I don't really know how the passengers would get home, but he's, he's, <laughs> he's he seems like so kind of irrelevant. I it just it's it's you almost wonder, gee, why are you there? Well, to take them home. Yeah. Yeah. It's unclear what he would be doing otherwise. Because Thomas was the one whose schedule was being disrupted by doing this. And Birdie is now going out of his way. It seems, well, technically, yes, they run along the same line. But he is still going out of his way to pick up the passengers from Thomas, who would have been riding on the train. Are there, is it really crowded on this bus now? Where are his normal passengers? Yeah, I mean, they do have a distinction between Thomas's passengers, especially towards the end when Stop Hat says, we're going to work harder to sync up your, your timetables. I mean... Yeah, this is just going to end in overcrowding on this bus. Well, we also don't... It's a branch line. In branch lines, if you ever... I mean, I, I grew up on the Metro North Railroad in uh, New York City. Well, outside New York City that does have few not too many but it does have a couple branch lines those are always much smaller stations and what I, what this uh this episode features uh Fafarquhar station which is featured in the credits but it doesn't get a ton of uh it, it doesn't get used a ton in the episodes themselves uh past the first couple and they're going to get very uh it's going to be featured even less uh as we go further there aren't supposed to be a ton of people on the branch lines. If it was this big, massive, crowded mm-hmm. metropolis, they just put it, built it into the main line. So yeah, it seems odd that, and it also just seems odd. The children are are waiting for Thomas. The <laughs> engines and the passengers have a pretty good relationship. Are they not going to know Birdie? I mean, if I if I was pulled each day by a train with a face in coaches <laughs> with faces, I would probably think that was pretty cool, and I would know them. It's funny we mentioned that city of Truro featured on this tape who has no face and yet can apparently talk just like Henrietta. That's great. Let's not get too far ahead, though. So he talks to the children. Percy is really here to just stoke paranoia. Percy has no real other role in this other than other than to be paranoid. And he's introduced by George Carlin early on as Percy the Green Engine. It's funny when you read the books, they have uh, you have Thomas the Tank Engine, then you have Edward the Blue Engine, Gordon the big engine, James the red engine, Toby the tram engine. I guess Duck the Great Western, we're getting a little outside the main, but Percy. Henry is the green engine, Percy is the small engine. Percy's debut book is called Percy the Small Engine. Here they note him as Percy the Green Engine. I don't know, is that really a big deal? 
No, but I mean, there are other... He can't be the green... James can be the red engine. We don't have another red engine until Scarlet comes. We do... We have Henry, who was painted blue at the end of Henry the Green Engine in the book, but then that was retconned. Percy is not the only green engine. It's interesting. It's just... Were, were you really frustrated when I told you that, Tara? Not super frustrated, but I, I can empathize with that problem of knowing that <clears throat> this is out of, like, out of canon here, what they're doing. That's, I, I can feel your frustration with that. Yeah, it's not really a big deal. It's worth mentioning. You know, the p- kind of people who listen to a Thomas and Dank Engine podcast, VHS Day podcast, mm-hmm. recap podcast. Yeah, I imagine that your your listeners are going to notice and care about that, too. <laughs> Well, we've mentioned it. We don't really, we don't do a ton of the goofs and stuff. They're harder to catch up on when you're trying to do notes in between. Uh, but we like to mention the little things as we see them. So we got Thomas at the good station. He's got to take the children. And Percy's really worried. He's like, oh, Thomas, if you take these kids home, you're going to get, you're just going to get replaced by Sir Top and Matt. Who then later on has to bring Diesel back because there's no engine. So <laughs> who the hell are you going to replace him with? I don't know. I mean, seriously. It's like... Why, what, this, Thomas Gets Bumped is kind of an episode driven by uh, the paranoia that capitalism breeds. These engines, like, if I'm late, I'm going to die. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much where we're at. If, if you don't do a good job, and, and, I mean, that does happen a few times. It happens, the most fucked up is Smudger, who is kind of a dick and then gets turned into a boiler forever. And we've already seen another one, Tara. What's another engine who didn't do something and then got, uh, he was supposed to be punished until they realized they didn't have any other engines and that they had to bring him out of his punishment. Um, the one who was in the tunnel, Percy. Henry, Henry's tunnel, yay. <laughs> I got the sound of the end of the word right. I knew it was like something East Tunnel. Well, yeah, Henry, per, uh, Percy, Percy likes the water. Percy keeps his promises, and then he gets, well, we haven't really buried yet. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. There's, there's no, like, these engines can't be afraid of being replaced. We see this, getting replaced <laughs> is another uh, big theme, Thomas, Percy and the Mail Train. Harold, Her- the helicopter is going to deliver the mail. What the, what the hell is that? And they were also getting a bit ahead, but they were complaining in the beginning of that episode about how heavy the mail was. That would kill a helicopter. Yeah, that's such crap. We'll we'll talk more about that later. I just like I look like Thomas Thomas takes his children and then Percy's at the station saying late one too many times. It's like, are you what kidding me? No sympathy there. And I mean Percy is kind of a like Toby's considered a fuss pot, but Percy's kind of a worry wart. We sadly don't see Mavis in this tape. Were you sad not to see Mavis? Uh, I, I do wish there was more female representation. I don't know that she's the best for female representation. <laughs> so, None of them not are. really. Uh, so Thomas had to shunt, and he's shunting, and he's all upset because uh, his branch line was all messed up with the warped rail. And that never happens again. And granted, it probably rains a lot there, but uh, I, I don't know. It seemed anytime like any anytime this episode, these episodes like feature something that that seems kind of like oh yeah, that could happen, but then it never happens again. Mm-hmm. Gordon in his dome. 
I don't know. Kind of a yeah, mess. We, we don't really see any wear and tear. Although in the last tape, there was the bridge that broke. So they just need to do more regular repairs on these lines. You know, Disneyland cleans up every single night. So these lines should do that regularly too. I did like the notices that said, sorry, no trains. And then Birdie, <laughs> yeah. Birdie had to go. Birdie is not a big bus. And Birdie features in a couple episodes here. But uh, Birdie is is not a big bus. He's a small bus. And yet he's apparently supposed to, as Tara mentioned earlier, uh, he's supposed to carry all of the... Uh, Everyone from Annie and Clarabelle, as well as whoever his own passengers are. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean... It's a strange situation. I just think it's like really messed up that these engines like live in fear of Sudap Matt like this. Yeah, that they're, they're but also terrifying. living for his praise. It's true. This I mean, is a toxic relationship. It is. It's it's abusive. We live in the the Me Too era, and uh, it hasn't gotten to the island of Sodor yet. I don't think <laughs> it really needs to. Um. It is. It's this is an episode we got bumped. I mean, there's got to be justice. I don't know. Uh, I this episode is is really pretty stupid. We're we're on kind of a strain of the the title episode is kind of a dumb one. We, yeah. Better late than ever with the zero zero plot. We've got Thomas gets bumped, which is kind of an idiotic episode. Well, what I found most strange about it is that Thomas knew that that bend was coming. His driver warned him that the bend was coming with the warped rail, and yet they still just went full steam ahead to it. Yeah, it's... uh... No explanation. (laughs) Right, and this is... I mean, we talk about engine driver agency a lot. Uh, I mean, he saw it. I don't know if they had enough time to do anything about it. But they had known about it before. They specifically said that Thomas knew that it was warped. That's a good point. I mean, he they did go out of their way to make sure every that uh, that they pointed out that Thomas knew every single stretch. I don't know. I mean, it it, it seems kind of left. Uh, maybe he should have slowed down. I I don't know. I think that was kind of an aberration. I, I'm willing to cut Thomas some slack here, <laughs> but um. I don't know. Anyway, I think we should probably move on to Edward Trevor and the really, really useful party. Just one, really. I emphasized it. There's only one really in the useful party. So, the vicar is raising money so the children can go to the seaside. Very generous. I mean, yes, that is very generous. And yet, Duck's Branch Line's also on the sea. I mean, how expensive is it to go... <laughs> Stop Matt can't offer some free ride. I don't know. He's offering It's an excuse to have a party. That yes, and that's what a lot of charity is. Yeah. For a lot of rich people who let's let's just say that uh Stop Matt and the Vicar are probably in the bourgeoisie. <laughs> uh before we begin, it is worth noting, even though we saw Trevor in uh Henry's Forest and we see him here, his debut episode, Save from Scrap, is uh on I think it's two tapes for now. I think it may be on Thomas Percy and the Dragon. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but it's not now. And it, out of order, a little odd, but uh, I like Edward and Trevor's relationship. It's kind of cute. Get to see Wellsworth Station, which is a fun one. Edward Station. So, 
Edward Edward is worried because he wants to feel useful and helped. Seriously, these engines live in live in fear. They have useful dysphoria. Yeah. If they can't be useful, nothing. I mean, they they really should get a therapist because he wanted to be useful in the context of a garden party. He he's a very useful train otherwise. Like there's a whole other world outside of you that you just naturally can't help with, but you're doing a great job just the way you are. Edward is pulling a train full of goods, and yet that's not considered useful. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Maybe it's some vanity. Maybe he wanted to be all dolled up with those posters. What mm-hmm. do you think? I don't know. It's kind of a mess. But, uh, so Edward, I mean, uh, Trevor is going to be the party's main attraction. He's going to pull people in their little, uh, carriage. Looks pretty fun. And... Apparently, in all of this preparation, nobody's done any advertising. Which is odd, because it's the vicar. You've got to assume these are God-fearing... This is a God-fearing congregation. Why isn't he telling them about it at church? Hmm. Do you think the engines go to church, Tara? Well, we haven't seen them. I feel like Sir Topham Hap might not let them, because that would take a uh, morning, at least, out of their productivity. That's true. So, the vicar hasn't advertised, but fear not. Edward will do the advertising. Edward alone will do the advertising. Yeah, I mean, why didn't they pass the posters out to everyone else? That would have been great. But uh, apparently got a lot of paying people to come. And they actually, they went out of their way to specify that. Yes. To raise money so the kids can go have a swim. There's no other way to get them there to have the swim. Even though Duck gets his branch line on the ocean. In this tape. So interesting. And I know I said that, but I've said it again because it bears mentioning... It doesn't make any sense. Do you think there was a conspiracy? Do you think the vicar is embezzling the money? Uh, it's quite possible. It, yeah. it wouldn't be the worst thing that a churchly man has done. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, I, I want to know how long this party's been planned either, because it, it, it seems as though no one knew until Edward put the ads up. Yep. I don't know. It's such a mess. I mean, I don't know how they wouldn't know. If you watch, I watch a lot of period dramas. Gossip travels faster than literally anything. People love, like, there are, there is a nice small sliver of Emma dedicated just to this, like, this this really meager party that she is just so <laughs> excited to throw. It's, it's just something that she can't wait. This is what the, like, a garden party would be the would really be the highlight of these people's social calendar. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't and know. it looked like a great garden party. It did look like a very fun party. And you've got, you got, you got Terrence the tractor, you. Terrence the traction engine. Very very sorry. You got Trevor. No, Trevor's the traction engine. Terrence is a tractor. Very sorry. Okay, I again. was getting confused in my notes on what was what. And Bertie the small bus. Who becomes a quite literal stick in the mud. <laughs> I just, I, I love, like, obviously there are other buses, even besides Bulgy. There's got to be more than just them. There's got to be more tractor. And then it's just really these three with their faces, and then Harold does, like, the supporting cast of uh, 
the non-trains with faces, and they seem to always pop up. Like the, with the Mavis episode, Bertie and Terrence were just both right there immediately at the same spot on the same island, these small little people. But they came to the garden party because, of course, why wouldn't you go to the garden party? And uh, Trevor is pulling, uh, he's pulling children, and Bertie, for some reason, has to be a dick because Trevor's sleeping. And uh, I, I don't really know why. I mean, Bertie says that nobody's going to want to ride on Trevor because he's old. I I would probably want to ride on Bertie way more. Uh, ride on... <clears throat> I would love to ride on old, uh, an old traction engine. People love, like... Like, like, you could go all over the UK. There's plenty of heritage railways where people go just to ride the old train, and yet Bertie's like, I'm the new thing. No one's gonna want to ride you. So, I don't... It also... Like, Trevor is the main character on the poster, and yet, like, he's letting Bertie the little dick bus, like, fuck with him on... Fuck with his mind on... Uh, his his ego of saying, oh, no one's going to want to ride you. Do you really think that any, Trevor should have bought into that crap? No, and it doesn't make sense because Trevor looks like a wonderful traction engine. He's got a great role in this. He shouldn't let this bother him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This episode is, is... Trevor is not really one of my favorite characters. I'll just say that. He's kind of annoying. <laughs> I like Edward much more without him. Uh, and I like Oliver a lot more, who is his... Uh, Trevor inspires Oliver, who inspires Stepney. All the ones who were saved from scrap. And uh, he's just... I don't know. He's okay. Terrence does talk to... We had... Uh, we mentioned in Henry's Forest that Terrence talked to somebody who wasn't Thomas. Again, it happens. Terrence talks to Trevor... Trevor's pulling the kids around, and of course it's raining, and I mean, even if it wasn't raining, why is Birdie driving onto the grass? Oh, was he on the grass? Yeah, that's where he got stuck in the mud. Mm, yeah, no. So, um, the, it says that Terrence and Trevor pulled Birdie, but, and we, we do see a rope uh, tied around Trevor that's uh, wet and soggy on the floor, kind of hard to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unclear how they both helped. I think probably just Terrence helped. <laughs> or why they were both needed to help. I don't know. I would have probably just left him there. Why does he get turned into a generator like Smudger? Got pulled in there. Anyway. Aww. I don't want actually him to actually do that. I don't know. This this episode... I have my notes. Trevor fell asleep thinking of children. <laughs> Not not the only... You know, Trevor's love of children is... Uh, it's weird. He might be a pedo. Um, um. He fell asleep dreaming about them. Pulling them in his, in his caboose. It's awful. I don't know. I... Do you like Trevor? I did. Yeah. He doesn't really fit in with the rest of the gang. But I thought, I, I liked the idea of this garden party with him as the cute little attraction in the middle. So, if there was a garden party advertised... We would go. Yeah. It's an excuse to dress up. It may yep. have rained, but yep. uh, they raised a lot of money. And uh, I hope that Sir Top Matt made a big donation. Do you think he did? Uh, I think they would have mentioned it if he did. 
I don't know. I... I he strikes me as much more of a frugal man with his money. That's a good point. I don't know. It's uh Oh, we do see the Marklin engine in the uh in the in the scrapyard, which is interesting because the scrapyard we don't see a heck of a lot and uh that um I always love seeing like the odd we're we're kind of getting to the point where they're they're bringing more engines. The cast is getting bigger and bigger, and it's just like interesting to think about the early days of Thomas as we slowly make our way out of them. But um, anyway, I think we're probably uh, good on that. We have three straight episodes of Thomas the Tank Engine and Chill, where we have a certain everybody's favorite oily diesel. Oh. I think that Diesel Does It Again had to really, 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 really go out of its way to make Diesel a villain. Because we start off, maybe not start off, but for the first half of the episode, Duck and Percy are just like, I do not, we do not trust this guy. And if you remember in our Better Late Than Never coverage... The Diesel Duck feud was way more two-sided than I think a lot of people would want to give it credit for. Duck was kind of a dick to Diesel. Diesel spread some lies, but, I mean, he wasn't really the arch-villain that that trilogy really made him out to be. He was just a liar. These people lie. You know who also told a lot of lies in this tape? Percy told lies later on with the signal. He was screwing people up. Think of all the commotion that he caused by lying to James. It's not all that different from when Diesel first came, but Diesel is viewed as this arch nemesis. He squirmed up. Mm-hmm. Oily. And talked in his oily voice. You're worthy top. <laughs> I mean, Sir Top. I think your worthy top is much, much, much better. Do you like that name better than Sir Top and Matt? Yeah. Also known as the Fat Controller. It's funny uh, if you look at the they have the the meme, uh, the Fat Controller laughed. You are wrong, and it circulates. It's a popular meme. He's Sir Top Matt in America, and British listeners listening. Yeah, I know we call him Sir Top Matt. I grew up with that tough shit. I don't really know what else to say about that. Um, Diesel is he is a bad guy. Let's not, um, let's not try to, uh, sugarcoat that. How bad of a guy is he, though? And, so, I mean, he didn't say sorry when he accidentally bumped someone, so. His, yeah, but his brakes weren't on. Somebody yeah, didn't leave he, him on. The polite thing to do would still be to say sorry. Yes. But it wasn't all his fault. It wasn't his fault. And, I mean, they With were. bad manners. They went on strike when he came. Yeah, they're jerks. They were jerks. So the, the bulk of this episode, it happens a lot in this series that engines are overworked, and that's how you get new engines, which, of course, make for new toys. Percy and Duck are at the harbor, and we, we've talked a little bit over the past couple tapes on who's supposed to be working where. Uh, Percy is kind of a joint assigned to the harbor and to Thomas's branch line. Toby has kind of a similar assignment of that in the quarry. Duck has the harbor. He gets his branch line later, but he also was kind of Percy's replacement at the big station, so everybody's kind of... Oh, and then of 
I mean, I, I want to save most of the Mel Train talk for the actual episode, but there's also that mix to throw in. Mm-hmm. So they look to be... Pr- they look so overworked that, I mean, it doesn't look like Percy's getting to go anywhere else. And yet, the last episode, or, or the Thomas gets bumped, Percy is just available to, to worry about Thomas's schedule constantly. Shouldn't he be working at the harbor? Why do we need Diesel if Percy's there to spread paranoia? I don't know. It's kind of a mess. So, everybody's complaining because... Uh, Duck and Percy have gone on strike. Duck brings up to Sir Top of Matt that you send him packing. And then Sir Top of Matt brings up the interesting... And this, this is something that we see as a theme, especially when Oliver comes. The idea that... Steam engines are scarce. So they have to bring in... The diesels are introduced as kind of a way to supplement the steam engines because there aren't that many steam engines available. That's that's the dynamic that we're working with. Right, Tara? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. It's, it's... Diesel's the only one available. I don't really know. It's very unclear where Diesel goes when Because <laughs> he was there in the Mavis episode. To the east. Yeah. He was there in the Mavis episode, and he's got his bizarre theme music. Yeah, I mean, so Sir Tomat, clearly, he doesn't own every train in the island of Sodor, and there's parts of it that aren't under his control, and yet Diesel's able to come on a moment's whim. I don't know. Well, there's the Diesel yard. I don't know. I guess we... It's kind of a mess. So he says that Diesel deserves a second chance, which he kind of squanders by... I think, honestly, they... I think the main reason Diesel bumped Percy is because Diesel at that point was kind of looking like a bit of a victim. I, I for one, felt kind of sorry for Diesel that he had to... Just... He, he has his reputation totally slandered. By these engines. And I just don't think it's fair. I think it's really hurtful. And I think actually. Is Diesel a bad guy? Or as is, is is he a bad guy because that's who he is? Or is he a bad guy because that's who people want him to be? Yeah, I think it's much more close that people painted him as a bad person. And he just became that. All of the incidents in this one, as like I'm going through my notes and like checking them off. He didn't really do anything wrong. Like, he accidentally bumped into Percy because his brakes weren't right. His own driver's fault. Um, And then bumping the cars, I mean, that one might have been his fault. That was fine. And then when all of the clay fell into the harbor, it's because the little siding or block, whatever it's called, at the end of the plank port pier thing, it wasn't fixed right. So that wasn't his fault either. Well, I mean, buffers are buffers. They're not like, I mean, even, I think the episode's called like A Better View for Gordon or something when he just goes right through the wall. It's an Alec Baldwin one. Uh, It's really stupid, but uh, it's often memed. I think think when it comes to the China Clay cars, Diesel was, was... portrayed as as uh really uh using excessive force that's well also where is his driver in this that that's a that's a much better and more important question that needs to be answered 
Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Do we ever hear anything about Diesel's own driver? No, and we do at one point hear about like as it relates to da- Daisy's Daisy's driver at one point tries to get her to pull a milk car and she's like, I won't. <laughs> uh yeah, so no, we don't hear about Diesel's Diesel's driver is probably the true villain. I don't and he's <laughs> And, and this is an odd tape to kind of talk about that dynamic because Donald's duck, the driver and the fireman uh, for both <laughs> for both duck and Donald are, are playing like a, a major role. So it's inconsistent to say Diesel does it again and have Donald's duck have those both on the same tape. It's like they really do want to have it both ways. Why is Sir Dot Matt not looking at Diesel's driver being like, yo, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Well, also on this tape is when... Um Let's see. Who tells? Is it James? That Sir Topham Hat. Where? Where is this? What? Yep. When Percy tells James that Sir Topham Hat was coming to see him, and like the driver and fireman, no one could get him to move all day. Well, there. It has been seen that there is some limited limited control. With the freight cars and the, it's inconsistent, but there, there, it is, it is kind of one of those consistent inconsistencies. So that I'm more inclined to forgive that. We can certainly forgive Diesel bumping Percy uh, on account of his uh, mismanagement by his own team. But then Diesel, like being abusive to the freight cars, yeah, that is actually probably his driver's fault. We don't really hear anything more about that. It's it's a little odd. I did like how they did when they... So the freight cars go in the ocean, the china clay is gone, and yet they were pulled out. They didn't drown. And yet it, it, it seems unclear. Do they need to breathe? Do they, I mean, I, we, we, don't, we don't really learn anything about that. I don't know. Oh, and then the, the most important... We talk a lot about how these... these uh, episodes feature kind of questionable morals that you would be able to instill upon a children and most of that comes from the fact that these stories don't really deal with issues that children would would be in a position to face and yet this this uh tape decides that it wants to cover tattletales you don't want to be tattletales do you and percy and duck don't want to be tattletales i mean if diesel's really screwing up the whole harbor and this is a railway where, like, one late mail train almost switched it to helicopter delivery. If Diesel is ruining the productivity at the harbor, wouldn't you want to say, yo, this is the guy screwing everything up? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's really as it, they'd gone on strike, and then they see Diesel being abusive to the cars, and that's when they decide not to be tattletales, and yet the harbor foreman sees him push the clay in. He saw everything, and he doesn't care about being a tattletale. How are we supposed to feel about Tattletales at the end of this episode? I'm not really sure. What do you think? I just like that the trains are actually being mean to each other again. (laughs) There was a good stretch in this new one where just everyone was too nice. It felt really out of character. Like, yes, lie to each other, play tricks on each other. This feels better. That's a good point. They are not, they're way, uh, yeah, this is one of the more savage episodes. And they had been a little nice. Yeah, I mean, 
Thomas gets bumped a little bit of paranoia, I guess. Birdie's a little bit of a dick in the, the garden party, but nothing compares to just how rude and awful Thomas was to James and Henry in Better Late Than Ever because of the, the viaduct. He was savage. Anyway. I mean, I, th I think Diesel does it again. Diesel appears a lot over the course of this series. And yet, this episode's kind of underwhelming in the sense that... I, I, I guess Diesel just doesn't... He, he's just not going to reach the highs that he did in uh, his first trilogy. In this episode... I don't, it really wasn't the best Diesel representation, in my opinion. We're getting close to when Boko will arrive, though, and that's that'll be that'll be interesting. But I, what did you think of this episode as a whole? Did you like it? As far as Diesel, yes. Mm. I, I both like and dislike Diesel. He's such a strange one. Um, it is fun seeing their interactions again. It's just, mm, it's such a weird dynamic that he has with them. It is, it is. And, uh, you know, he's kind of got that, uh, that's who he is. That's where he's, uh, that's what he's meant to be. Nature versus nurture. I don't know. It's a good question. And we've got Gordon and the famous visitor. A classic story of, uh, big man on campus gets uh, a little upset. A little jealous when somebody bigger comes along. And that person is City of Truro. Now, he doesn't get an official name, nor does he Just speak. A famous new visitor. Yeah, and he has no face. I think, honestly, if I had to take a guess, I don't think they named him uh, in some of the old Thomas books, uh, especially when it comes to uh, Scarloe, who is based off somebody from the Talon Railway. If you're British, forgive me for obvious mispronouncing. I'm just naming off a memory of a tra train book I haven't read in 20 years. Uh, that, and I think there's another one. Uh, there are some real-life counterparts that they like to mention. Uh, they did dabble in kind of the history. So City of Choro is a real engine. I'm almost positive. And I don't think they mentioned him because an American audience would have no idea who the hell this guy is. Uh, so that that's really, and that's a stab. That's that's just kind of a guess. I I don't have anything to um, where where that's just kind of thrown out there. It, it was interesting. Diesel's sent away in the last episode, and then he's used as a background character as a circle. Uh, Bill and Ben, who aren't haven't been debuted yet, and Donald Douglas also appear. Uh, that's kind of like an all-hands-on-deck. We need to feature as many engines as possible. It's a big deal. Everybody's all excited for this engine. Of course, very few of them actually get to speak in the episode. So... Gordon's all upset. He wants nothing to do. You'd want. You'd expect that Stop Matt would probably want some photographs between City of Truro and Gordon, given that Gordon is like the creme de la creme of his line. And I, I like, I like Gordon a lot. He's kind of an asshole, but I don't know. I like him. Gordon is like a guy on Tinder that you'd want to meet, and then probably would not want to be in a relationship with. I don't know. Something like that. Do you agree with that sentence? Uh, no. <laughs> So, Gordon's upset because uh, he thinks that the new engine's too famous to notice him. 
fame is like fame is really tossed out in like a bizarre way kind of like an arrogant way like i feel like celebrities who are who are uh, talk uh, i feel like the way that fame is described in this is like very unhealthy like celebrities just be down to earth and this guy was shown to be down to earth he stays and he talks with them until the wee hours of the morning edward slumber party they did, and Edward is so thrilled that he whistled as he went by. He describes him as kind, and I mean, whistling as you go by, that's not the most kind thing in the world. I mean, we... They're saying hi. So I, I drive a Jeep Wrangler, <laughs> a car that's uh, known for um, when Wrangler drivers pass each other, there's something called the Jeep Wave, where they're supposed to wave at each other. I find that fun. I find it like a, a really fun part of uh, Jeep lore. I think waving uh waving at Jeep owners is a uh is a kind thing to do. I don't know. That's just me. So Gordon hates him. Gordon is also furious. Nobody brings up the fact this engine has no face. But Gordon's really upset he has no dome. And having a face doesn't preclude you from being able to talk. Uh Henrietta well, can that's talk. a bit creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got nothing to add beyond that, but yeah, <laughs> creepy. So, uh, domeless engines are not respectable. Do you agree with that sentiment? <laughs> so mean. I don't know what the dome does, so I can't like fully comment on that. But it's just mean. Well, there's an episode where where Henry wants like an abundance of tenders, extra tenders, and they're all like dirty what about chicken tenders. No, they're not sure to ever really eat. They need mm. water. No, no. But cheese. what about when Thomas goes to breakfast? <laughs> he doesn't actually <laughs> eat the breakfast. He just comes. <laughs> you spoiled our breakfast. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I lost my. Oh. <laughs> so Gordon, Gordon's obsessed. The guy's got no. Do- I. It's also kind of odd that Gordon is not shown to really be around the guy at all, and yet he knows he doesn't have a dome. I mean, this is a this is a really stupid episode, to be honest. Um, so Gordon's furious. He's going. He's threatening Henry's forest by just ra- running running through it yeah, like hundred miles an hour. Yeah, and yet, so so Gordon's driver is telling him that he's not running a race, and yet Gordon keeps going faster. He's trying to go hundred hundred miles an hour, Mach five speed racer. Um. Yeah. So he's. He's going too fast, and Duck and Edward are laughing at him. I do like in in the in the especially kind of the earlier engines dynamic. I do like how Edward is as a tender engine, totally above the fray, and just kind of he doesn't look down on Gordon, but he he's kind of like he's kind of like a sigh of like, oh, gee, what an idiot this guy is. He's like if you're like the oldest sibling and you've got like a really boisterous younger sibling, the kind of like ah. Uh, you know you can't do anything to stop them, but you can't help but kind of have a brief little uh, chortle about it. That's a word that Thomas loves to use. When my when my when I was little and I would watch these tapes, my dad would always notice so people would chortle about. And if you, if you mention like Percy chortling, he'll uh, he'll laugh. Uh, it's it's a funny funny um, little aside, at least for me. I'm not sure anybody in the audience would find it all that funny but uh so gordon's going through henry's forest and then his dome pops off how convenient we never see a dome fall off ever again mm-hmm. 
the wind. It's like, and not only that, it, it's it's like the it's like they always have to kind of anthropomorphize some of this stuff. Like the well, the greatest example of that is <laughs> Rusty and the Bolter. I couldn't even. Oh God. <laughs> Like this, this villainous boulder. <laughs> but in in Gordon in this episode, it's like the wind is 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 trying to get Gordon, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You're not gonna get me off this viaduct. No, we'll take your uh, take your dome off, and we'll show it thrown into the water, and the driver will never be able to find it. You have to go to the works to get it fixed. What a what a what a train wreck, literally." <laughs> Literally, part of the train was wrecked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's uh, uh it's. I, I I don't really I I this is this is this is an episode where what what, what commentary are we supposed to provide about about this? I, I don't. Did you what do you make of this episode, Dara? Well, I was just confused because if he's so. Like, if he finds these domes so important, why didn't they stop sooner? Like, he goes the rest of his whole day, and the driver's totally fine with it, going without this dome. Not a problem. The only problem is his pride. Also, as soon as he loses the dome, his engine, his, uh, his coaches aren't around anymore. He's suddenly by himself to be laughed mm. at by the freight cars. He was pulling a train. Not to mention there are all these passengers who have got to notice that their steam engine is is hauling ass, and then his dome mm-hmm. gets lost, and he's just there, and he's trying to get his driver to go look for the dome, and the driver's like, "Nope, sorry, your phallic imagery is it's gone away." I don't know. It's this is this episode is ridiculously stupid. I don't really. I don't say that a lot about many of these episodes. Even even the kind of sillier ones are a bit endearing. I, I, episodes like this uh, are, are are kind of why I think that this tape is is mediocre. Other tapes have, like, you know, you have your you have your first like two or three, and your final one is supposed to be like really big, and sometimes the or really good, and then sometimes the middle middle episodes are supposed to drag a little bit. Practically every other tape for the the fifth or the fourth episode has a has a better better uh, one than this this utter nonsense that was just stupid. I think it's actually the fifth. Ep- this is the fourth episode. Wow, yeah, as a middle episode, really not that great. I don't know. This episode's stupid. We cannot. Uh, there's some silliness in the next episode with Donald Duck. Actually has a very complex, cute, uh, it's a very lighthearted episode that actually has, like, think of the substance of Gordon and the Famous Visitor. Gordon is jealous, dome flies off, Gordon gets laughed at, episode done. Donald's duck, a lot happens. This is a very action-packed, filled episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And it starts with it starts with kind of a lot of these episodes begin with oh this engine is so great they work hard they are versatile duck is not a mixed he's not called a mixed traffic engine but he is shown to be able to pull freight cars and coaches just like everybody else god mixed traffic engine Ugh. anyway so 
Duck gets a branch line, which is on the coast, which is very cool. Uh, this episode shows the construction of the Tidmouth Halt Sheds, which are very fun. Uh, they go to, we see the Fafarquhar River Bridge, which was last seen in Toby's Tightrope, which was very exciting. Um, Arlsberg is shown to be part of, uh, Duck's Branch Line, which is also very fun. Uh, I love the scenery of Duck's Branch Line. It's interesting that Donald's Duck is done as an episode where, before Donald Duck are introduced to an American audience, but beyond that, it's also before Oliver even comes around, and there's, Oliver and Duck are supposed to be... Uh, Duck's Branch Line is often called the Little Western Branch Line because uh, it's run by great Western engines with, with uh, assists from Donald and Douglas. But it's unclear. So in Diesel Does It Again, Duck and Percy were really overworked. And now in Donald's Duck, Donald gets a branch line, which is just constructed out of nowhere. Does that seem like a little odd that this really, really busy engine is just suddenly has time to go work on this other branch line? Yeah, I have many questions about the scheduling of all of these trains in this episode, in this tape. I mean, speaking of timing, ducks, driver, and fireman put a baby duck inside Donald's water tank overnight. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to leave a little duck inside a cold, dark tender. It's kind of cruel. What do you think Peter would say about that? I, I think Peter would be very upset with this. Yeah, this is um, you know, it's it's cool, and and seeing the news station being built, we got to see it in real time, like the harbor was being built. They got to show that, and then that's kind of fun. I I like I like when. I mean, yeah, this is continuity, but it's also continuity and progress like we're seeing things we're seeing parts that are coming together in a way that you know where they'll they'll reap the reap the rewards later on i don't know it's, it's fun but uh duck because you know when you give somebody a branch line they can't help but boast about it mm-hmm. ad nauseum so duck is keeping donald awake at night talking about it and what does what does Donald do to to shut him up? He says, "Quack yourself." Hmm. I wonder if that was a euphemism for a different, not a five-letter word, but a four-letter. I think quack is actually is quack six letters. Q U A C K five five. There we go. Uh well, there's four-letter word. Quack yourself, just like when the farmer was telling Mavis where she could take her train and shove it oof people are horrible to each other yeah so duck's annoyed i mean these engines look like they have a pretty hard life let the dude sleep let me just say that but duck's all upset about it so his driver and fireman decide oh your friend told you to stop talking and said that you quack because you wouldn't stop annoying him as a as retaliation, we're gonna put a live duck in his water tank. I mean, so imagine you're with your friends, you won't stop talking, they make fun of you about it. Would you then take a duckling and put it somewhere inside them? It's a bit much. Would that be appropriate? You say, well that's not the same thing. It's a little weird. I'll say that. Anyway. So, 
it seems as though Donald kind of liked the duck. Although the duck, oddly enough, kind of got tired of them first and wanted to be left off at the station. <laughs> that was that was a little odd. I think, I mean, we had the toad in Trust Thomas who just decides to go for a ride and, and gets taken home. And then we got the duck who just wants to travel around Duck's Branch Line, hanging out, having a good time, and just, oh, I'll leave you at the station. And then got a pond of his own, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... It worked out great for him. Yeah, he gets out at the, uh, station and, uh, seems to have a pretty good time. I, I don't know. I think this is, uh, maybe a little bit ridiculous, but, um, we'll just, we'll, we'll roll with it because, I don't know. This is a cute episode. Yeah, I, I like the duck. The duck is drawn really cutely, too. Not to mention the episode, Donald's Duck. It's Di- very clever. Disneyland is currently closed right now, mm-hmm. but we're, that's probably why this episode, this show's been doing more podcasts. Can't be at Disney. <laughs> it's a cute little episode. I'm looking up. I see my Launchpad McQuack Pop Funko, my Darkwing Duck Pop Funko on uh, a shelf. Ducks. If I had my diecast trains, I would certainly play with them. Thankfully, thankfully, thankfully. Those haven't been brought here yet. My apartment, her apartment doesn't have... We do have Thomas Trans over there. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Anyway, we're getting a little off topic. I'm fantasizing about wanting to play with Thomas Trains. The the diecast trains are so much fun to play with. And the, the wooden, the ones that are like Brio, they're a lot of fun. But uh, you all know that if you're listening. I mean, this episode, in terms of substance... This is not... There's nothing Nothing really happens. No, there's some silliness. Yeah, it's nice back and forth pranks that luckily aren't harmful to anyone, which is a bit of a change. Yeah. And Dilly the Duck got a pawn. The station yep. master likes her. Everyone's happy. She's always going to be Donald's duck. That's uh, some cute stuff. Oh, and they put the egg... They, I, I don't know. The one kind of messed up thing about this episode is, so they take the nest with the egg and they put it on the yeah. duck. What's going to happen to that egg? Is it a fake egg? Do they make a fake nest? I mean, a duck is not going to go near that egg anymore because it's been touched by human. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I'm just worried. We don't hear what happens to that duckling that was put under ducks. Uh, it's also a prank that duck really wouldn't be able to no- like do anything with because it was behind duck. Duck wouldn't be able to see it. Something for the drivers and the firemen to laugh about. Which, I mean, we should take a little bit of time here and talk about the idea that the the drama of this episode was pretty much completely driven by the drivers and the firemen. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, Diesel's DDSD, Diesel is scapegoated. Here, nobody gets in trouble, but it's the humans who are really doing the messing around. Based on actions that were provoked by the engines, but... Every one of these scenarios, you need the driver and the fireman, but here they're really given time to shine in the active role. We don't know their names, of course, but uh, it's some interesting stuff. I would like more. I would have liked to have had more episodes with the Duck Oliver, kind of Donald, somewhat, sometimes Douglas dynamic. It's a cool little thing. Uh, Duck's often paired with Percy. Rarely paired with Thomas. But, uh... There's an episode where Thomas, Percy, and Duck all have to pull a train together, which is kind of fun. But uh, Duck's Duck's a Duck's a good character. Do you like Duck? I do. He's fun. Oh, 
right. I don't know how much more we can talk about this episode because it's... <laughs> Nothing happens. Yeah. So, anyway. Percy and the Signal, which is... So, all of these other episodes are from uh, the third season. Not all in order, though. Uh, Percy and the Signal is a much earlier episode, and it, it, it kind of does show. It does have the feel of an earlier episode. It takes place um, in the era where Percy is still clearly meant to be Thomas's replacement in the main line. And he's going around annoying the... T- he's not doing like things at the harbor. He's going around annoying the tender engines. You could have honestly put this ep- Percy in the signal on the tenders and turntables. Like, this episode probably should have been on the tenders and turntables tape instead of Thomas Comes to Breakfast. Because that episode doesn't make any sense in that either. But uh, do you agree with that, Sentimentero? <laughs> I, I do not analyze these close enough to comment on that. Yeah, Percy and the Signal is a really, really early episode of the second season. So it, it's odd. It's odd that episodes like this kind of uh, and and the Garden Party. Uh, when I when I saw what that when, when we were done watching this tape, I started to think to myself, did I screw up with Thomas Stankinger and Cho by doing it by VHS tape? Which is itself kind of an idiotic uh, d- decision to order something by in the year 2020, but also in a way that was kind of amusing. So I'm not going to beat myself up too much about that, but a little odd. And so this episode takes place uh, really just, uh, you got the Tidmouth Sheds, you got Knapford, uh, Eldridge. Not too much happens. But... Um, Percy, he plays like a small minor trick on Gordon. He's like, wake up, Gordon, here's your time for your coaches. And it's just a dirty freight car that I don't think he was meant to pull. So that's not really like a super, super duper big uh, thing other than he panicked Gordon to think he was late. What he does to James, though, is a lot more messed up. He tells James that... He doesn't have to come out of the shed because Sir Top Matt has something important to tell him. It's a a jerk move. Everybody else is inconvenienced because of this. And yet, James states, James listens to Percy, and yet, and people are trying to get him out. They can't get him out. They say it's nonsense. And it seems like it's still on top of all of that, on top of this whole kind of weird dynamic. It does seem a little odd that they were that they didn't find out earlier that this was nonsense that Percy and they couldn't like. It doesn't all add up that he's told this. He decides that he's going to just sit around, and everybody puts up with it until it's until the big reveal that oh. He couldn't have told you this. Sir Tom Matt's away. Yeah. When you know that Sir Tom Matt was away. Given how much these different engines really look up to Sir Topham Hatt and crave his praise and fear him, I think they would have like a regular like news column every morning just to say, where is Sir Topham Hatt today? Yeah, I mean, you've got Thomas living in fear of him, of his whereabouts, and Thomas gets bumped. And James is just smugly waiting for him. And I don't know, like, Thomas, uh, James and Sir Top Matt do not have the greatest of relationships. They have a really, really bad relationship, and James learns a lesson. 
Uh, and then, of course, there's no joke for James. Uh, I They really don't have a great relationship. In fact, I, I'd almost gander of, of kind of the eight main characters, especially uh, at this point in the series, although I don't think Duck had been around by then. I'd have to... In the actual episode order, Duck comes in the next episode. Duck takes charge. This is the seventh episode of the second series. Something we don't get super into because we do the VHS tapes, but it would make sense here because uh, this is so much earlier than the other episodes. So, Percy is kind of very cheeky, and he's brought in to replace Thomas, but it seems kind of odd that he, at this point, too, would be playing, like, fast and loose with Sir Tom Hat, given it, it kind of exactly what would happen. What do you think Percy thought was going to happen by saying, oh, James, just wait for Sir Top Matt. Clearly, he was going to get in trouble for this. Yeah. Where was his endgame? They, they, these engines never seem to think far enough in advance for getting in trouble as a consequence for acting up. Yeah. And, you know, there's not really a... Um... So Percy, Percy's smart enough to understand that by the time... By the time his jig was up, that he had disappeared. Yeah. Nowhere to be found. And, um, Percy really, Percy himself is craving to be really useful, which is kind of ironic, given <laughs> what he's been spending his time doing. Spending his time great. <laughs> he's fooling, fooling, you can't be useful when you're screwing around like that. I don't know. So, they get him back. I... I'll give James and Gordon some credit here. So Percy's trick on Gordon was fairly uh, consequence-free. Not really a big deal. But his trick on James did a lot of damage. The whole backing signal stunt is really a harmless prank. Not designed to uh, mess around with anybody, but... um. What's kind of interesting about... So, the whole logic behind the backing signal is... Uh, Percy's trying to be a know-it-all, and they're saying, Oh, you're such a know... Like, oh, if you know everything, you must know about backing signals. And he's like, oh, yes, of course. And of course he doesn't, because he's Percy, and he's just being cheeky. In order for the backing signal prank to even work, and let's just put aside the fact that Percy apparently can make himself go backwards. We'll just let's just put that away. Even though his driver was saying, "Come on, Percy, let's go," and he moved backwards, disobeyed his driver. Like, what's the point? Uh, in order for Gordon and James to reap the kind of rewards of their prank, that signal needs to go up or still, not just up or down, but it, the signal needs to be malfunctioning, and he also has to be around right there when it was happening. The timing of all of this seems a little far-fetched for all of this to kind of come together at once like that. I thought that was probably a little bit unrealistic. Do you agree? Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, these engines really don't have free will. Apparently they do. Apparently they don't. This one's kind of like, well, they'll have free will when they need to have free will kind of thing, which not the most satisfying of uh, situations, in my opinion. I mean, these tapes are ostensibly made for children who aren't going to think too deeply. We don't. 
I know. No, of course not. We There's will. Say. Okay. We look. I have a master's degree in English literature. I will do close analysis. You know how many close analyses I've done? Mm-hmm. Of course we will do this. So, I don't know. This is kind of a cute, harmless episode. It's fun. I like this episode a lot. Do you like this episode? Mm-hmm. I just think it's so funny that... Who is it again? I messed up. James is made to just wait the entire day waiting he's the perfect engine to pull that kind of prank on because the the thing about james is like gordon obviously has a huge ego as gordon and the visitor gordon and the famous visitor like totally illuminated james has like the james has a huge ego also but he also has the napoleon complex like james desperately wants to be gordon like, Sigmund Freud would have a lot of fun with James as a character and analyzing him. So, like, I don't think you could get... I don't think you could trick Gordon into just waiting there all day. But James, like, you feed into his, you're important, James. You'll pull the special train, James. Mm-hmm. And, like, James is a perfect engine to fall for this bullshit. So, kudos to... Per- I, I, I like James. I think probably of the core eight... He's probably my second least favorite. I don't. I, he. I, I shouldn't say least favorite. I like James. I think Duck, like, of the core eight, like Duck by Tok. He shouldn't even really be in the eight. Um. So he would probably be last. Then probably James. I mean, Edward is great. Henry is great and gay. Gordon <laughs> is great. Toby is phenomenal. Percy is so much fun. Thomas is obviously great. James is fun too. But James is James is James is James. He's a he's an odd guy. And he's easy to easy to trick. So that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that one. You like that episode? Mm-hmm. You have anything more to add? No, it's <laughs> just an enjoyable one. Yeah, that was a fun one. Not, not like add. I, I I would again go back to like yeah, this episode was fun, but having this kind of be one of the better episodes in the tape kind of explains why this is probably the worst of the George Carlin yep. tapes. So. Anyway, we're, like, just as I was saying with James, I mean, worse, worse is a relative term. It's not like it's bad, but um, it's also not that great. But I say that as we are coming up to pretty unquestionably the worst episode on the tape. And the final one, Thomas Percy and the Mail Train. Thomas Percy and the Post Train in England. No post on Sundays. No post on Sundays. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, okay, so I I was really happy we finished this, and Tara brought up a great point that I had, I've always kind of it was really, I, I really don't like this episode that much because Swetizel so does it again. Percy and Duck are really busy at the harbor. Percy's also, as we've said, helps on Thomas's branch line. These engines are busy. Doing pulling a mail train is something you would have to do every night. Six yep. Six nights a week, really. When do like when do Thomas? We haven't really dealt with the idea that these engines don't have the same driver and fireman until uh, we haven't dealt with that since the first tape where Edward really wanted the driver to pick him to take him out, and yet mm. if these engines are working twenty four seven. I mean, 
there are a lot of times when all the engines are shown to be together at night, like sleeping. Yeah, this quite do- often. Yeah, this doesn't work with the mail train. The mail train doesn't really work with any like broader ethos of the series. It it it's kind of nonsense. It's it's it it doesn't make much sense. Um it, it's 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 silly in a way that's like also kind of very frustrating. Um I don't know. It's it's I don't like the fact that they are pulling this train tonight like this constantly. And it it is to be fair, it gets mentioned a couple times later on, like, oh you gotta pull the mail train. There's the famous uh the Thomas Percy the Mountain Adventure one silly episode later on. Uh yeah, mail's important, but uh So, so is sleep and resting for workers. Yeah. And so Henry gets late when they're going to, uh, well, I guess there's kind of some, some issue at the harbor with it being late. I think, like, late. the mail had been late coming from, like, the mainland. Yeah. So Henry's late, and that makes them late, and Percy's so tired it's the morning that he falls asleep before his uh, wheels hit the bump buffer. And then apparently he sleeps all day. Sleeps so all- anytime we see him otherwise working during the day... What's going on? Well, he was pulling an afternoon train at one point. Mm. Uh, so maybe we can accept that he's not working in the morning. But I, I feel like that is kind of a stretch to accept. Um, it's, 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 it's an odd one. I, uh, uh, I don't know. This one. So Harold, Harold is, uh, and the, the, the tardiness is so bad that news gets around. Apparently, like, this delay just never happens because Harold's urging Percy to refund the people their stamps. I mean, give me, yeah. a bre- give me a break. You're on an island. Like, islands are supposed to be places where there's obviously delays. Like, that That happens. Everything is slower on an island. I don't, that, that doesn't make any sense. Also, when Percy is, like, going and he's so asleep, uh, when, when Duck goes... Percy, you're you're up early, and he's like, "No, you're." He goes, "No, you're wrong." It's so weird. The writing in this episode sucks. <laughs> Bad writing. Um, but so, and then this episode also wants us to believe that these heavy loads that they have to pull around, mm-hmm. that Harold can pull them as a helicopter, not as not as an airplane, not as JJ the jet plane or. Budgie the little helicopter. Oh, but it is Budgie the he- little helicopter. Um, helicopters don't deliver mail. They don't deliver packages of hot drinks to trains no. that are only mildly late, as we saw with Percy's promise. This is stupid. This is this is a this is a ridiculous episode. So. And we're also supposed to believe that the mail, like we're. Sp- who changes the postal system on one little hiccup? Mm-hmm. I mean, good God, this just doesn't make any sense. So I mean, and, and we're also we're also supposed to so obviously Harold is not going to take over the mail train, but they want to sell us on this being the result not not because he's not because a helicopter can't take over the mail, 
because he was grounded. Even though actually the weather looked pretty good there. The weather didn't look good when the uh, when he had to drop the hot drinks. Mm-hmm. But here apparently he's grounded. Too windy. That's safe, I guess. I don't know. This, this whole thing's ridiculous. So, oh, and then of course, just like just like in No Joke for James. We got another. We got another skeevy little gentleman who needs a ride home late at oh, night. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I was noting that also. Thomas has to pull back. Yeah, thank goodness we had a train here. Yeah, he's missed his train. He was just gonna stay there all night. <laughs> no police. Balance system. No police to like shoo him home. <laughs> um, and then the mail saved because they they worked extra hard because Harold got grounded and also because he, this man wrote a letter. Yeah. I mean, what the what the hell? This this episode is so stupid. I hate this episode. This this, this is a bad episode. It doesn't make on. sense in any respect. No, it doesn't, and it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. We do see the watermill in this on uh, Thomas's branch line. I think that's Thomas's branch line, uh, which is fun. Um, we see some scenery that is the uh. Kind of the Thomas Branch line scenery. I, they have to change these sets for like future series. They can't just keep them all in storage, I guess. So we don't. A lot of the early sets that we see, like in uh, Percy and the Signal, we don't we don't see a heck of a lot going into the future. So I just note that because we're kind of at the tail end of where we would see those things. But uh, apart from that, this is this is a bad episode. The only good thing is they have. Uh, they have kind of the mail train theme music, which in uh, future... C- so we're doing these by VHS, but when they were re-released on DVD, they would include songs at the end. Uh, we will we will cover collections that do have the songs. I think the Night Train song will uh, come up later on in the Alec Baldwin of the George Carlin era. But... Um, when I heard that, I started singing along to it. My sister always liked that song a lot. She had a CD or a v- cassette tape that had uh, that song, and I would always laugh because there's a Guns N' Roses song called Night Train, which is uh, not a not a cover. They're not related, <laughs> but just a little tidbit to end on. Do you have any other Mail Train things to note? Mm. I was wondering, like... So say that this is a new system for this is the explanation for why we haven't seen Thomas carrying the mail at night before. Like, what if it was new? But what were they doing before then? And also, why is the mail coming at night? None of it makes sense. Uh, these are all good questions. I mean, uh, why haven't we seen Thomas do this before? The idea of how long these trains have been around is is kind of odd. We have the the original cast, and then a lot of these people, person included, do get introduced later on. I mean, the main tape has Thomas, uh, Gordon, Henry, Edward. James is featured at the end, but uh, as a background character, he's pretty much in every episode. Uh, it's odd, and we don't know. It's odd. I. M- 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 we at nighttime episodes, and we've got because an all time uh, an all time great collection. Thomas Percy and the Dragon is coming up. I think yes. Thomas Percy and the Dragon is our next tape. It is one of the best. I love Thomas Percy and the Dragon. 
It is, uh, it is a collection that has my favorite Edward episode, Edward's Exploit. It has uh, the great Depot Station. There's, and we don't need to get too ahead because we're still on this episode, but a lot of, lot of fun stuff. But talk about a, uh, I just thought of it because that's an episode that takes place at night with Thomas and Percy, neither one of which is pulling the mail train. Ooh. Yeah. But uh, that is a discussion for the next tape, which we will, because we're in coronavirus lockdown, we will be going through the, it's fun though. I really love Thomas the Tank Engine and Chill. And I'm so grateful that we get to uh, do this and uh, share our Thomas commentary with all of you. So uh, from uh, me and Tara, we uh, would like to wish all of you a uh, happy, uh, happy wherever you are listening. This is during the corona, I was just, you know, one of the things this this we've done these for a while now, but they are released sporadically. So, if you discover them months from now or years from now, and you wonder, you're you're following along. This was during the coronavirus. We've revved up production of Thomas Tank and Chill because of coronavirus. But um, as we bunker down uh, with our backs against the buffers, uh, we get to we'll get through this together, everybody. So thank you. Say goodbye, Tara. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Dun 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 dun. dun, 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 dun. <laughs>